0: Welcome to The Original Doll. I am your host, James Rodriguez. On The Original Doll Iconography, I unpackage music with the people who create it, and at the same time, we help out charity. For more information, join me on Instagram, the.original.doll. Big shout out to my Patreon supporters, you all rock, and as with everything connected to The Original Doll Iconography... Any audio recording, ripping, stealing is strictly prohibited in every country in the world. So if you see anything leaked, please report it. Today we are joined by recording artist, producer, songwriter, fashion icon, artist, and more, Luciana. We're going to talk about her work, her career, and so much more. My name is James Rodriguez. This is Iconography, the original doll. Well, thank you so much for being here on The Original Doll. I appreciate it, Luciana.
1: Thank you so much.
0: For every question that you answer during this podcast, we get items donated to charity.
1: That is so, so brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I'm, and I'm, I'm happy to be part of that.
0: What I'm going to do is, because you have so many songs and so many questions, that what I want to do is I'll throw the song to you and you just sure. say, how did you get involved in the project? And we can start with with yeah. Brittany because yeah. Body Ache. Now, when I had oh, Maya okay. Marie on, I love that song, by the way, and it was also top twenty in U.S. dance songs, top twelve in U.S. dance digital songs.
1: You know more than me. <laughs>
0: it's yeah, you, you have you have you have the top twenty hit two different charts from Body. Ake. So congratulations That's on good. that. Good. That's just from that one song. But you also have a, you have a lot more than just that. So how did you get involved in? body ache and were you working on anything else for the Britney projects
1: I had to sleep with a lot of people not really <laughs>
0: <laughs> you are my favorite person I'm, I'm ever
1: such I'm such a twat I love it um <laughs> <laughs> I slept my way to the top now um right, how did I get involved in that that was actually that was via Richard Vision who we did, I like that. With Bearing in mind, for, for at the time I, I was in London, we'd had a hit um, with Yeah Yeah, that was big in Europe, and London, and then they heard that. Then they, Richard, Vision, and Static Revenger did. I like that, and then I wrote the lyrics, and then we came over here. So then, from then, we were always writing together, Richard and and myself, Nicklo, my writing partner, and Static Revenger, and then he had this. Um, in with um, one of the writers, um, was it Maya? Because Maya, um, he who knew from, knew from something else. I think one of the producers, and so um, so then all of a sudden we were here in my studio, and we started writing body ache. And he had um, the con the idea of the track together, and then Maya, who's just so lovely, myself and Nick sat on this sofa and started singing. I want to dance for my body. I think I had the concept of the idea of body ache. And then we all just, you know, pitched in and did whatever we did. What does the verse go like? Um, oh, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> I'm on another level. Yeah. So we just had fun. We just did the, didn't think anything of it. And then um she really, really loved it. And that was that. Oh, she's got such a lovely oh, I love voice. Your vo- I love
0: your voice. <laughs> I, love I love your, your voice. voice. Thank you. <laughs> I know that it went through, I mean, cause there's like 10 people on that thing. Cause I know it went to David Guetta and then back and forth and all this other stuff. Like yeah. it was the original four of you, Richard yeah. Vision, Maya, Nick, and yourself.
1: Yeah. In the studio. That's it. Now, and then
0: who did it go to next then? I was that when David Guetta I, tried it out?
1: I think so. After that, David Guetta. And, so London in it, David um, <laughs> um. Didn't it go back to the Richard Vision mix? How did how did it end up? Who was the um, person who- um, So who it was, was the
0: well, one? that was thing. It was Richard Vision's was final, but somehow yeah. David Guetta was still attached. And I don't know if it was something in there. And I know Maya said that they were like, when it was first created, there was no second verse. She's like, a lot of times she people leave the second verse open.
1: Yeah, we left it open because we, we, it's always like, if you like it, then we'll come back and do it.
0: And in so many previous episodes, we learned from producers and songwriters that many times they would leave that second verse open so that the artist can kind of make it their own, so they can personalize it to themselves and feel like they're a part of the creation of the song. There was a time where it was okay to just say, hey, these artists, they're singing their own song, a songwriter, producer takes care of it. But there was definitely a turning point where, many times in the media, so many people would consider it just a better artist when they could write for themselves. So being able to write your own verse helps many people in this situation. Back to the show.
1: But She wrote the second verse.
0: And so did you know that project was going to be specifically for, like, the Britney Jean yeah. project?
1: So yeah, we knew that was for her. And I, and I had the concept of, like, because I'd written some ideas about Barishnikov, the ballet dancer, um, and the concept of you take the lead, I'm going to dance till my body aches. I sound like, I sound like um, an old lady explaining the lyrics, but that's what the concept- No, the
0: I love story,
1: that. it was originally for, the headspace was for Britney. Yeah, definitely. Britney.
0: How do you like the, how it started to the finished product? Like are is it, is it a lot different to you or yeah, is like the production pretty much the same?
1: The production is pretty much the same. But you're, there's always some sort of magic in the original demo. Do you know what I mean? And it, it's just—I agree. Way, it's always the way when something gets, you know, you have additional production, additional drums, additional this, additional that, and then all these things, all these intricacies happen, and it makes it a better, better track, light and shade wise. But there's something more magical about at the conception, should I say, yep. the actual track, yeah.
0: And I love that because in the the demo, one of the demo versions that Maya had played for me I loved the piano in there because it was so cool to have this piano and then this like dance song grow from it because I like this yeah. playing with the flavors where it kind of grows
1: oh I like that playing with the flavors yeah so it's <laughs> light and shade so we had a very big you know bigger chorus and then yeah the piano in the verse but yeah I think um I think they you know they have to do what they have to do for for radio don't they to make it more current and topical and you know just is what it is. Just, just the way of the world.
0: <laughs> I love it. Now, were you working on any other song for Britney at the time, or was that just the only one?
1: No, no. I think that. Um, oh no, I did a track with Will I Am for Britney as well. Um, it was the beginning of the scream and shout thing. I, I was on. I wanna scream and shout. Uh, that one, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. I'll make your jaw drop. You don't know that bit because that's my bit at the beginning. That was never used. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's the only other thing I've done for Britney.
0: So wait, so then for the scream and shout one because that was for Will I Am's project, but Britney was always going to be on it, and that was um
1: yeah. Oh.
0: I think
1: I think I was part of the Dave All Day thing because he Dave All Day did the remix, and then I was on the I'm gonna scream and shout, and I was just at the big. I can't even remember, but I know it was Dave All Day, which is why I'm on it
0: so you came in just to kind of texturize it kind of fix it up or was there lyrical changes and things like that
1: no nothing that was already done I just came in and dropped a rap at the very very beginning of the dance remix
0: got it Back
1: with the track yeah
0: so those were the two that you worked on during that time that were Britney projects
1: I now they were in the same time frame but um But for, no, because it it never works out like that. You know, like you think it's like a time frame. It just never is. Unless you're specifically hired to work on that album. More often than not, it's just like sections of life and a month. And then they take it and then they put that together. And it just sounds like you're in a moment. But it it wasn't like that. I I think they were two separate time frames.
0: See, I love that. Well, and that's the thing where it's like when you hear all these songs and how the songs got created, because sometimes it's like a Frankenstein piece where it's like (laughs) this person worked on this. We're putting this, this we needed that bridge let's just throw this together and it's like sometimes it's great other times it just looks awful do you know what I mean you're just like sometimes I've seen
1: you know when you have like not just Beyonce but it's everyone it's like they'll they'll send the backing track out I don't know if you know this but this is what happens they send the backing track out to their say like they have 20 top writers Mm -hmm. yeah and then they'll go love those two lines I love those four bars. Oh, and I love those two bars from that. And then they're just piece, piece, everything is pieced together.
0: Ah. And then yep.
1: even, even verses are so cut up. Do you know what I mean? Everything yep, is cut up yep. right now. So it just is what it is. And it makes a better song. Like, this is what they do in, um, I was going to say Xenomania. You probably don't know Xenomania. Um, that's in England. I think they do a lot of little mixed stuff, but all, all the. Um,
0: oh, yeah, yeah. um <laughs>
1: And then um or or the um oh god who's the guy Luke um what's the writer Doctor Luke Doctor Luke all of that crew they all the Katy Perry stuff is all cut with loads of different writers.
0: And that's the thing. So like when you work on something for Britney Spears or if it was Kylie or Erica Jane, let's talk about those three. Mm-hmm. Do you try to think in the headspace like that or all, more oftentimes than not, you just worked on a track and somebody heard it and said, oh, this I might had- be good for that artist.
1: Yeah, no, so for Erica, Erica was like the, one of the girls who brought us out here. And so I am totally in love with her because she actually was like um, instrumental in us moving to LA. Wow. Yeah, she's, and she's so lovely. So she really wanted to do that. She was like, when we'd sat down with her and Dave all day and I said, what do you want? What, what vibes do you want to do? And she was going, I want to be this. I want to be, I want to be sexy. I want to be like, you know, rich. So we was writing down, I'm not going to take any shit all this. So we'd, writ- we'd written down loads of <laughs> loads of sentences of what she said and what she wanted. And so that was very, very one hot pleasure was very specific for her.
0: For those who might not know, the Erica we're talking about is Erica Jane, who many people know now as a real housewife of Beverly Hills. But did you know that she had nine number one songs on the dance charts in the United States? One hot pleasure would peak at number one on the dance club songs hmm that's right. Now back to the show.
1: The Kylie Minogue track was a Swedish House Mafia backing track, or should I say instrumental, that record company, I think it was Polydor. They had this Swedish House Mafia track for about two to three years, and a lot of people had done top lines on it, and nobody had come up with anything that they wanted, basically. And then they said, we want um, Elias, uh, I think it was BMI, said to me, um, we really want a quintessential Kylie, so um, I do a pretty, uh, yeah, <laughs> I do a pretty good Kylie impression. So, who um, can
0: you do it? Can you do it? Can you do it?
1: Can't do it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as well, like, like, I went into the writing. How I was like, I became Kylie.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm Kylie.
1: Yeah, Cupid boy. When we touch, I'm in heaven with your eyes Fire, the way you love I'm in heaven with your eyes I've rocket from Mars Can't remember the rest of the lyric, but um, yeah, so that was that. And then, <laughs> oh yeah, if only you knew. Oh yeah, yeah, this is my Carly impression, here we go. If only you knew that I saw into you Oh, I, can't, I can't even remember the melody. Isn't that funny? I've written so many songs, I literally can't remember it. But anyway, so that was, um, we did that specifically for her, specifically, and they loved it. It was instantly, yeah, yes, and then they put that on the album. So it was like a real moment. Then there was this fabulous moment when we were all in Ibiza and she was performing at Persha, singing the song. Oh, it was just fabulous. Really, really lovely moment. And, that, and obviously, she's like an icon. So I'm just, you know, I'm in love with God.
0: Cupid Boy is from Kylie Minogue's 11th studio album, Aphrodite. The album would go number one in numerous countries, including the UK. In addition, it is certified gold in Belgium and platinum in Australia and the United Kingdom. Well, and that's one of those things where what I really love is that you've worked, you know, and those three women, because Erica Jane has had, you know, like 10 dance smashes. Kylie Minogue has had this. Global career, Britney Spears as well, and it's like you have these three artists that people can try to clump together, but their style and their sound is vastly different. And here you are able to work with three of them and create something that seems so genuinely them. Yes, and
1: I think I think think, um when I was younger, I used to be able to do impressions of singers. That's how I learned to sing. So I think it's it's easier for me to go into the the vocal their voice and the intonation and where they're placing their voice and what they're saying I don't know why this is I can just do impressions and I can go into what I think they want to be singing about
0: Oh I love that I look, <laughs> Yeah you, What's cool about this is that like you're this muse for them where you like kind of take that energy in and you create it. and kind of go out there But what I love is that like those three songs are they're dance songs but they're completely and and pop dance whatever it is but they're completely different styles to me sometimes and some of the songwriters I've talked to said you know I couldn't do a track by Stargate I couldn't do a track by Max Martin because I just don't their music inclinations don't jive with what I do and it's like it's cool to talk to somebody who has that ability to kind of
1: I I can't do I can't do um like when I listen to the stuff that's happening now I can't do that syncopated um I'm just not that person So I can't do that So I'm not So right. we, in reality I'm actually not current now <laughs> As a songwriter Because my I'm a bit more melodic And a bit more pop Do you know what so, I mean? The current but, trend absolutely. isn't necessarily so melodic It doesn't necessarily have a verse A pre and a chorus It's just well, know, not And that
0: good. was one of those things In talking with many songwriters They're like The the music always ebbs and flows and sometimes you're like you're riding that wave right there but I mean you've had a shit ton of songs (laughs) like you have a shit ton of songs so let's talk about let's talk about this so was there any project that you'd worked on that you were like damn I was this close this close to it being on there were those like where the song didn't work out or you pitched it to something and it just didn't work out for whatever reason
1: I pitched a track called Like a Tiger, I Will Roar to Katy Perry. Was that
0: before or after Roar?
1: Before Roar. Yeah, I was really upset. I just said to Nick, I just said I feel really like, it made me feel a bit sick because what they'd done is they'd taken the concept, they gave it to their writers because they get a percentage of whatever they're, you know what I'm saying? So it's like a, and then that was the moment where I just thought, God, this is so political. So unless you're signed, you're not going to get a look in, you know? And I just felt a bit like, "Mm." That was one of the things that made me just feel like I'm going to go and start doing my art. i was still writing, but you know what I mean, don't you? It's it's, it's so political and it's so so cutthroat, isn't it? The concept of writing a track is always lovely, but the actuality of being in the industry and working as a songwriter every day for free, you don't get paid. Yep,
0: no per diem or anything.
1: Nothing. So it's like... And you know, like I've been signed all my life, basically as a songwriter to Sony, to EMI, to Chrysalis. and it's like you get a very small fee. You think it's amazing. You go, yeah, I'm signed as a writer, yeah. But the actuality is, every day you're writing, and you just not, you know, that that fee is spread out over like three years. So you, you, what happens is essentially, you just get very burnt out from writing song. Then they go, go on, go in that room for one day and be brilliant. Go and write, go and write a hit. Go, go and be quirky and then you're like ooh. <laughs> it's like it's so it's it, and as, as, a, as a creative as you say you, you it's quite sporadic you can't just always do it so um it's a very I think it's a very tiring profession as a songwriter unless you're signed to Katy Perry's team or you're signed to Beyonce's team and then you're in that hub and that if you're out of that hub it's actually quite difficult so that's the
0: Well, and that was something that I'd brought up before, because I think I've enjoyed on the original dial talking to all the songwriters, because so many people didn't realize when I brought up, I'm like, you all they're working for free, they don't get paid until that comes out. And then it's like five quarters later. And I talked about the real estate on the album before Britney Jean, which was femme fatale, which Dr. Luke and Max Martin took the helm. And people were like, why didn't they work this? I said, there's a there's a certain amount of real estate space. (laughs) dr luke is going to put dr luke's people on that
1: absolutely so everything outside of that is just i mean we could like you know there was a point when i was with um i think i was with merlin so i was working with bloodshy and avon and they were doing Uh. stuff oh my god it's amazing and i'm like working with these people thinking next level when when someone's next level you're like you're up in your game and you're brilliant and you're in it but it's like 21 days a song a day And it's like (laughs) um but they're they're their writers, so I go home. So anything you know and you know what I'm saying, don't you? So it's like it just is what it is. Just is what it is. You have to be in a team.
0: What projects were you working on with Bloodshy and Avant?
1: I did a track for that, it was their first single and it was a girl band, and it was um Take a Swim and Side, come on, so the one let's let's get undressed well wow, I've got to sing it take me on a high yes I've got to get to the chorus I can't remember it kick off your shoes <laughs> my baby right <laughs> it's also new to me yeah it feels good <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'll be shaking you up all night we'll be getting down tonight to the nitty gritty so what you gonna give me that was the, that was the chorus nitty gritty who is that for I can't remember the girl band's name. (laughs) Because I
0: have a question about Nitty Gritty, but it doesn't have any artist. They said, Nitty Gritty seemed really much a bop. Who is that for?
1: Who even knows about that I don't know. I can't remember the girl band's name. It was for Merlin... That was what I wrote with Bloodshot.
0: Well, the thing is, a lot of these like music listeners and fans are people that have...
1: That's really weird that anyone even knows that track.
0: What's great is that a lot of these listeners, they're they're followers of a lot of songwriters and producers. So in an interview, if they mention something or if they mention this, they'll remember those songs. Because a lot of times, when you know this, you could be working on a project and find out the 11th hour, your track's not in there. So even though all this stuff got out, (laughs) asking about the song, you're like... I just did. I'm working on, I don't know how much you know of Britney Spears's other music. She had this Britney album with Slave for You, Not a Girl. And I interviewed this guy, Joshua Schwartz, who did yeah. her Christmas song, My Only Wish This Year, all this stuff. And I was talking to him about it. And he said, You know, here's the thing. He's like, when you work on a Britney track, he's like, you hope that it's on there. If you worked on a Rihanna track, you hope that it's on there. But you don't know. They could yeah, change it last minute. Right, it? You yeah. could have a you could have a song come in with the same title yeah. and last minute, they're like, I like that song better. Or the AR is like, Well, this is my person under here yeah. Yeah, that yeah. wrote this song.
1: We did some stuff with the invisible men for for um for Rihanna, and that's that happened with that. And it's like, it's just really like you know, like, oh my god, is it gonna happen? And then life is lost, you know. Don't personally.
0: Don't forget to join me on Instagram, the.original.doll, and on Patreon. You can get there by going to theoriginaldoll.com. And if you're enjoying this, make sure to rate on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google, and more. Back to the show. Let's talk a little bit about some of these other songs people were asking about. I was asked, is there any story or any fun story behind anywhere else tonight? Vandalism
1: be anywhere else now. Okay, I had to remember that. Uh, I had to sing it to remember the feeling. Uh, okay, um, Vandalism. First of all, I'm in love with them. That's um, Cassie and Andy. Uh, Australian.
0: Ooh. Based
1: in Melbourne. The, the loveliest people. So lovely. The story is they came they were vi- They were friends via Static Revenger, which is the, like, you know, Richard vision of Static Revenger. Actually, he's Detroit now. Statue of Avengers. He doesn't—he's not called that anymore. So um, they were friends, and then he—I think I think I'd because I'd had a couple of hits in Australia, and then Vandalism wanted to do a track with with me, and that's that's how that came about. And then we again we did it here in um, in LA, in my, in our studio.
0: Body Ache is from Britney Spears' studio album, Britney Jean. It would peak at number four on the billboard charts in the United States, be top 10 in several countries. In addition, it is gold certified in Canada, Mexico, and the United States. For other chats about the Britney Jean album, check out my interviews with Maya Marie, Anthony Preston, and a few others. My name is James Rodriguez. This is the original doll iconography. I'll see you on the flip side.